When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max were presented by Progressive Insurance. We're coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. What's up, guys? Good morning. What's good? MLK Day. You know what, Max, I was thinking last night, I was like I was watching C.D. Lamb, and I know Alan Yates, our producer, and us were talking about it before the show, but I'm like, damn, he got five targets? Only five targets, C.D.? Like, what, what was going Man. on? Man, I'll tell you what, guys, what, what you just heard Jerry Jones say, when you have this collection of players together, like he expects results. And a lot of times the Cowboys – put together teams that on paper seem like they're really good. This one in particular, more than in recent years, though I've said that in recent years, but because of Parsons on the defense, like it's a tipping point on the defense. They got a corner who could take the ball away. They got multiple guys who can go get the quarterback. It looked like – and the defense was winning for them for a while, right? Offensive line got back a little bit. They got multiple running backs. All the receivers key. If they're not getting the results – if they ain't getting the results, you have to ask why. Is it just bad luck? Is luck the residue of design? Why aren't they getting the why didn't they get the results this year? Man, who knows? Maybe they just ran up on Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe that was it. Maybe they ran up on a better quarterback in the quarterback situation than what they had. Kyle Shanahan and company. When you think about it, the team that they played is it the San Francisco 49ers is a, is a team in the NFC that a lot of people don't want to see. Well, I mean, when you look at it, they ended the season on a high note. They roll into Texas Stadium. And Jimmy didn't have eye-popping statistics, but he made a few throws that made you go, okay, you know, getting the football to the right guys, then playing defense. Uh, you know, And so when you watch this, it put pressure on the Dallas Cowboys, even though Dallas has a much better roster. Dallas probably got the, I would probably say the third, they're in the top four in the National Football League in terms of rosters from top mm-hmm. to bottom. And they're healthier than most right now. So Harry Douglas was on this show last week and said that the Packers did not want to see the 49ers. Now they will. Here is the aforementioned key. You just mentioned him, Jimmy G. All the guy does is win. <laughs> he just wins. Moving on to Green Bay. I mean, whenever you got battle at the end like that, that's what it shows real team, shows, you know, you look guys in the eyes and see who's in, in that moment and ready for it. And it's just going to do us well down, down the road. You know, this isn't, it's not going to be easy going into Lambeau. Uh, we know it's going to be a tough challenge for us, but we're ready for it. Funny thing is, you could say, well, it's not Jimmy G. It's the rest of the team they are carrying him. Except, again, I'll point out, when there's a replacement quarterback, this is a guy that Kyle Shanahan says, I want that guy to be my backup. The replacement, if Jimmy G really ain't nothing, if he's, ah, he's just whatever, then the replacement would win. But what we see is the backup quarterback almost never wins on the Niners. And they get reps and they almost never win. Whether it's an old guy, a young guy, whatever, like Jimmy G's doing something, Jay. 
Look, man, he gets it done. And I, I made mention of his name before, Max. I mean, Debo, Debo Samuel is just spectacular. Like, you know, a guy that has, can play, come out of backfield, play such a variety of positions, like 1,400 yards receiving. Like, the way he can run, rush for 72 yards the other day. Just the way to utilize him and taking about that game against Green Bay, managing the clock and having a guy like Jimmy G who isn't afraid to go on the road and knows that their defense can keep them in ball games. Uh, the 49ers have something special. And um, it, the last game was a really close game between the Packers and the Niners. So mm-hmm. we, we got a good one on hand. Key, yeah, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see if, if what, what happens with Bosa going moving forward. Uh, when you look at the team, Jennings added a piece. Ayuk is doing his deal. Mm-hmm. Debo Samuels is a little bit of a Swiss Army knife for them. They, they've settled in with him toting the rock a little bit in the running back spot. So it gives them a lot of different weapons at their disposal. The Green Bay Packers against the San Francisco 49ers will be must-see television in the playoffs. If you go back and you look at the last couple times that they face each other in the playoffs, the 49ers got the best of them. Earlier in the year, the Green Bay Packers traveled to San Francisco. They won that football game, but they didn't win it in, in running away fashion. They just won the football game, which I think took a lot of uh, – that heavy lifting off of Aaron Rodgers' back. He felt good coming out of that game. And so now we'll see them play against each other. I'm sure it'll be cold in Milwaukee. And that's exactly what Green Bay's looking for. Key, you mentioned um, Debo Samuel's Swiss Army knife. Like, he's a hybrid receiver running back out of the backfield. But And then Mitchell, they, they can run the ball, and that starts up front. Even though Trent Williams, you know, he he uh, he the, fall, the false start and everything, he's a beast like that whole they're just tough up front and key you often talk about the kind of football that exports in the playoffs the travels in the playoffs right seems like the Niners are kind of built that way and on top of that Shanahan and LaFleur know each other really well which kind of neutralizes a little bit um the Packers one would think right they got real they got a real shot here what's a different type of game plan uh the game plan if you go into what the San Francisco 49ers had done in the past is they run the football and take the football out of Jimmy G's hands in terms of allowing him to drop back 40 times and throwing uh, to match Aaron Rodgers. And they get out of, they've gotten out of there with the W. If you look back at the other times that they've played each other, the 49ers have gotten the best of them because of the style of play, which is running the football. They went up against the Dallas Cowboys they kind of played a, a game of hide-and-seek. They was being very deceitful with the formations, the motions, taking the eyes of the defender with those motions, not allowing Jimmy G to drop back too much. Now you got a pass-heavy offense in the Green Bay Packers that will allow Aaron Rodgers to drop back and throw the football. Can Jimmy G keep up with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and company, much like you saw what the Buffalo Bills were able to do with Josh Allen to the New England Patriots, where Mac Jones couldn't keep up pace with Josh Allen, and they wind up getting run out of the building. Will that same sort of style work in Green Bay's favorite when they play the 49ers this next weekend? Keith, don't you think that the right thing for Jimmy G to do is not trying to keep pace with Aaron Rodgers, but just control the clock? You know, in the first matchup, the Niners didn't have Elijah Mitchell, right? They only rushed for like 67 yards. And I know that Green Bay has a top 15, uh, you know, rushing defense. 
But I think controlling the clock, and Max, you talk about Debo Samuel, utilizing him and Elijah Mitchell out of the backfield for different roles, I, I think is how you have to go into this game if you're Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I mean, I, I credited the, a writer from The Athletic, and now I'm forgetting the writer's name. Uh, but um, he <laughs> talked about like looking at the way the Niners' offense runs when Jimmy G is in. He's not calling Jimmy G a top-five quarterback, but over his career with Shanahan, the Niners are a top-five offense when Jimmy G is running the offense. A top-five offense. Then there's the, the Cowboys side of things from that game yesterday and why someone thinks – the last play should be the final play of that Mike McCarthy ever coaches for the Dallas Cowboys. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus... Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. To have the ball be down by six, have a chance to go win the game. That's all I can ask for. Runs up the middle. Didn't get it spiked in time. That's the end of the game. Oh, wow. It was quite a letdown. Quite a letdown. Saw the four seconds, thought it was time, but just tough to accept. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Your smart speakers. We're on, you download the podcast. We're on ESPN too. And we're presented by Progressive Insurance. So, Dan Orlovsky joins us giving the straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Good morning, Dan. What up? What's the, going on? Well, what What's going on is the final play about? of that of that Cowboys game, right? Lots of stuff over the weekend, but that's what we've been chopping up this morning. What did you think of the final play of that game? Right, first of all, it shouldn't have came to that. The Cowboys should have lost by 21. Um, what, what I think of the final play, I think the play itself was a poor decision. Um, I don't think that the risk of I'm going to potentially run out of time is worth that extra you know, 15 yards, so to speak, right there. This is how that play should be operated, though, Max. First of all, max near-death sentence or situation, 14 seconds. I want 16 seconds. 14 is cutting it at the absolute extreme. Number one, when you're teaching this play to your football team, you have to get everybody to understand. You have to declare yourself down. Give yourself up two or three yards sooner. That extra two or three yards that you might get are not worth the extra two seconds. So Dak Prescott in that play probably goes three to five yards too far. The second thing is... You, as a ball carrier, whoever it is, has to get up and get the ball to the official, Larry Fitzgerald style. You never run the ball and toss it to the official. These guys are 60 years old. It's not being disrespectful. It's the heat of the moment. I'm not expecting that guy to catch a ball that I tossed him. You have to find that official 
and hand him the football. You have to know that the official actually has to touch the football before the snap can happen again. The third thing is everybody has to get into a legal formation. If you watch that play, Biotich and Dak Prescott have no idea the official has to touch the football. And then Noah Brown and Dalton Schultz, when the play gets done, they're looking around like, what are we doing? So that shows to me unprepared and unaware. And then the the last thing I'll say is this. Because I heard them say, well, we practiced that situation. That's fine. You practiced that situation. If you do, you should also practice the worst case scenario happens. That we get up and it's frantic and we don't have enough time to spike the ball. You should be in what we call a 911 situation. Meaning 911. It's screw the plan. This is the last play of the game. Everybody go to the end zone. So you know, you get to the the ball and Dak Prescott's got to be peeking at the clock and realize 911. 911. Everybody then realizes the spike is not happening. We're running to the end zone and the Hail Mary is happening right now. See, er- everything Dan is saying is correct except when you say that that you didn't like the play, yeah. the play works perfect. Everything was perfect in terms of the timing. Dak Prescott did not – he went too long. He Those extra yards, he needed to understand, I got a certain amount of time, I've got to get my tail down. That's on Dak Prescott. That's not on Mike McCarthy. That is not on the offensive staff because in situational football – You are correctly right. You're supposed to hand the ball to the referee, not throw the ball to the referee. They didn't do that. So that's a thing that was botched. If they hand the ball to the referee, they got time left on the clock. I don't want to throw Hail Marys when I can go four or five vert and get a turkey hole shot down the seam or on the outside in a cover two situation. If you try to throw a Hail Mary in that, you know how that goes. That's like a, once in a lifetime, but if I'm zipping that thing on a laser shot, that's a touchdown most likely. So I don't mind the play. I actually love the play call because they gave it to you. He probably should have gave himself up a little earlier, which he didn't, which it essentially cost them the game. And he, as the quarterback making $140 million, he needs to know all of that. He needs to be the leader on the floor, get the football to the referee, and they wouldn't even be having these issues. But, Key, like, for you to say that it's not on the coaching staff at all is – I can't sit here and agree with that. But how, I mean, but how is it on, like how is it on the coaching it look like staff? The, does it look like the players knew the rule? Does it look like they nope. were aware but of wait, the situation? But wait, Dan. But hold on, Dan. Dan, if, if, if you and I are in situational on Saturday and we're doing our walkthrough or whatever we're, we're calling Max Cafe, XQ, whatever the kid's situation is – and we don't know it, and the coaches are giving us that every single week. How is that on the coaches? Does it look like? Does it look like that those players? Key, re- re- replay the play for me, guys. Watch Noah Brown and Dalton Schultz. Neither of them have any clue what is going on. Does it look like these players are completely? Watch eighty-five and eighty-six at the end of this play, guys. Just watch them. They have no idea. Is, is there any urgency? They're standing around like, what are we doing? But no sh- one but, is prepared but, for that Dan, situation. Dan, Keyshawn? Dan, Dan this is in, my point, Dan. This is chaotic. my point, too, Dan. Coming from a background where my coach every single day, like situational basketball, this is what you do. These situations, beat it in your head. Do you know what to do? Go over it and over and over it. And then you're telling me that this team, they've shown no discipline the entire year, Dan. Like, it's just a reflection of what we've seen the entire year from this team. So that, that has to fall on coaching when, at some yes, point. When, yes. When you are 100%. In- I'm, a, I'm a totally you, agreeing with you, Jay. When you are in a chaotic situation at the end of a game, 
they're trying to figure out how to get lined up. You can't sit here, neither you or Jay going to sit here and tell me that they don't go over that every single week. Not There's well no enough. Way. Not well enough. Here's the thing, Key. Because too many players it, didn't know what to do. There were too many players who didn't know what to do. There's multiple examples, and here's my thing. When, I, when it comes to, like, the disagreement of the play call or whatnot, and that's fine. I'm just saying the, if 16 seconds is a different conversation with me, the, the, the risk-reward of is it worth me getting this extra 12 to 15 yards, is that going to elevate or increase my chances of scoring a touchdown in relation to, hey, the, what's the worst-case scenario here? Guys, we got 14 seconds on the clock. There's a real chance that if he goes 15 yards, we are cutting it very close. But here's the point when it comes to the coaching and the situational. I, Jerry Jones, am paying two people. One, I'm paying my head coach to make sure that my team is incredibly aware to perform in that situation, and I'm paying my quarterback to perform at elite a level in that situation. If we want to sit here and say it's 100%, 100% blame on both of them, I'm cool with that. But I got to start with the coach because it looks like everybody, everybody is unprepared on what to do and how to do it. So, Dan, what's the fallout? Jay, I, I don't know how you bring back the head coach. I don't – I just – and I know people hate that Dan Orlovsky goes on Get Up and says that this coach shouldn't be back. I'm not calling for his job. I'm just telling you I don't know how you bring him back. For, <laughs> and I started this segment with this. Dude, this should have been a 21-point beatdown. They're lucky San Francisco kicked field goals. And the truth of it is this, Jay. Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott together, outside the NFC in the last two years, they're 6-9. and nine. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're talking NFC about— NFC East, you mean. Excuse me. I'm, what are, I, NFC East. Outside of the NFC East in the last two years together, they're 6-9. and nine. So, you, you know, like, on, and I'll go back. The fake punt. The fake punt was the precursor. The fake punt. They run the fake punt, and then they take the delay a game because they're on. Go watch that play. Look at the sideline after the fake punt. All the players I've, are standing around like, what are we doing? I have a question for you, Key, because Jay brings up his coach. And, by the way, not everyone or, or really no one is Coach K, right? But Jay was coached by Coach K, the greatest to ever do it. Key, you were coached by, among others, Bill Parcells. So I have a question, because not everyone is Bill Parcells, right? Would a Parcells team have multiple players in that situation not know what to do? Because that was the key to me, is like, multiple players seem confused. I, I can't say that. I can't say that we wouldn't know what to do, because we do it every single day for the most part, in every single week. Plus, on top of that, we have smart football players, okay? That's where you start with. You got to have smart football players. Yes, Schultz is saying spike the ball. He doesn't understand. He tries to get lined up in a legal formation right there. But then at the same time, the quarterback, it is on him to know okay, that wait. you have to get the football to the referee, he, he, not drop it in front of the center. He, we, Dan has to go, but I see oh, what's where's going he going on. Uh, he has, well, yeah, where, where are you going? I guess I'm guessing get up. Get I have up. to go do Sports Center. I'm going to do a touch screen on Sports Center. They asked you to do it, Keyshawn, and you said no, they don't pay you enough. So they went to the, <laughs> they went to the bottom feeders. But they I see what peasants. Key's issue is, Dan, I think. It's that he is taking responsibility from a player's point of view and thinking, come on, put it on the players. That's how you get to be a great player. And the rest of us are not worried about being great players. We're trying to analyze what happened, and the coaching uh, wasn't good enough. I'll, I'll leave with this. I'm putting it on both of them. Mm. And you ain't getting rid of – my point is this. 
Put it on both of them. You ain't getting rid of the quarterback. We got to get rid of you. We got to really get rid of this quarterback because you got things to do. You guys Way have a good day. That. Enjoy the West Coast, Keyshawn. Appreciate it. Don't worry. <laughs> Dan Marloski. Hey, Dan. He needs hey, coaching to hey, look. the West Coast. Don't worry, Dan. <laughs> he will. He already got the toes out there. He got them reefs, son. got them reefs. <laughs> he doesn't need any coaching to, tell, to coach him up to appreciate L.A. None. Just happens automatically. Thanks, Dan. Um, right. So we are going to continue with this, uh, Key, Jay. It does seem to me, Key, and uh-huh. you can respond, please, that your Thank basic you. point of view is about <laughs> accepting personal responsibility yes. as a player. But, from, but you see from where the rest of us are sitting, we're like, yeah, that may be. But, you know, I but know that gotta, on great coach teams that doesn't happen. But you got to understand it does happen on great coach teams. But when you are drilling things in one's head and they're smart enough to understand, sitting around like Dan was talking about, they don't, they don't know what, they, what they're doing. In that situation, it's a fire drill. Now everybody's trying to figure out how to get legally lined up. Am I on the right side? Okay, who's over there? If I'm on the left side, who's over there? That is the way you do things. They don't just all of a sudden get into a formation and line up because if you're in an illegal formation, guess what happens? They're going to call a penalty, and those little three, four seconds that you would have had, they're gone now. So just because I'm looking around trying to make sure everything is the way it needs to be, doesn't mean that I don't know what the hell is going on. I, so I don't want to say that those guys didn't know what they were doing. That would be that that would be wrong to do. That I, would be totally wrong Max, to do. Max, all I'm saying yep. is we've had two guests come on the show thus far. One guest I've heard Aaron Rodgers say, "What a great breakdown by Dan Orlovsky." The other one was one of the greatest you know coaches in Jets history, um, and they both have said that they think this is a Mike McCarthy issue mm. addressing, you know. Well, I mean, to be time. fair. One of the greatest coaches in Jets history. Like, why we got to put that guy But the fact is they're both coaches. Dan Orlovsky. Aaron Rodgers Dan or, said what? He, he complimented uh, Dan Orlovsky's breakdowns of plays. But to be fair, Dan Orlovsky looks like a, a future coach. And yes. Rex Ryan is a past coach. Like, they're both looking at it from a coaching point of view. And Key is looking at it from a player's point of view, it, like a player who so, contributed to winning so teams. I'm so lost right there. How are you lost? How are you because lost? I'm like, because I don't understand what y'all said. You said something about Aaron Rodgers said it was broke the play I'm, down. I'm, I'm, no, just, no, I'm, validating, I'm validating Dan Orlovsky and his vision on things. Aaron Rodgers has a high opinion of Dan Orlovsky. Yes. Right. I'm validating that. And I'm saying those both those two individuals – have openly stated that they find issue with Mike McCarthy. I hear what you're saying. And Dan's last point kind of pr- proves it all. He's like, all right, well, you're not letting go of Dak Prescott, your $40 million a year quarterback. At some point, there's a lot of onus that comes on the coaching staff for a lot of the struggles they've had this and entire year. by the way, year. can I offer something else up? Sure. Dak Prescott's a very good quarterback. I've always thought that he was trending to a place where people are always already giving him credit for being. Like, maybe you have to consider Dak is not quite the guy people want him to be. You can be very good and not be great. There are levels to this. Maybe he is just a very good quarterback on his way to being great, or maybe he never gets there. But but Dak is partly responsible. He's the guy who didn't know. Oh, I understand. He clearly clearly didn't know, and if he knew, he let the moment become too big for him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? I'm not going to say he didn't know. I'm going to say he knew, but he allowed the moment to 
become too big for him. Just like Tom Brady a year ago when he held up four fingers. The moment became big at that particular time. Even for Tom Brady. People forget. All right. (laughs) He will defend another coaching move from Sunday. Incomplete pass. Game is over. Bucks win. We beat Philly in the Super Wild Card Weekend. Fire the cannons. The Bucks advance. He makes sure we're, we're all ready to play. He makes sure we know what we're doing. And he makes sure that we're giving it our all. That's all you can ask from a leader. There are observations, and then there are Key's observations, and these are Key observations. Take it away, Key. Number one. You know, you think about the number one. What is my number one observation? Because I, I don't have it. Here, You're, you, have, you don't have an issue with Brady staying in the game in the fourth quarter. You know what? You're going to have to tee me up because Here I we don't go. have it. Okay, tee Key, me up with it. number one, you don't have an issue with Tom Brady staying in the game in the fourth quarter of a blowout. No, I, absolutely, I don't. I think when you look at it, that wasn't necessarily a blowout at that particular time. You take a, a starting quarterback out in the middle of the fourth quarter, maybe, but this is the playoffs, okay? You're going to run the football for the most part. Maybe there's a screen or two here or there. Outside of that, Brady doesn't come out. There's no way I'm taking him out in the third quarter, middle of the fourth quarter, then Brady can come out. It reminds me of King Kong and Godzilla. King Kong would like hit, get hit with electricity to just make him stronger. Remember when I was a kid, they had that. And Tom Brady, football just makes him stronger somehow as he gets older. Okay, number two, your key observation. Number Wait, two. There we go. The Bengals, you think, Key, can go on the road and win another playoff game on the road, but they have the Titans, the number one seed, in the next round. Absolutely, I think they can. When you look at Joe Burrow and you look at the situation, the lights aren't too bright for him. The moment isn't too big. He took care of business against the Las Vegas Raiders. And you, Jamar Chase, man, I, I don't even know where to start with him. I completely got that wrong in terms of what they should have picked. That They should have picked Penn Sewell, but they didn't. They took Jamar Chase, and all he's been is special for them in the offense. They can go to Tennessee and duplicate what they did against the Raiders for sure. I wouldn't be shocked if they were in the AFC Championship game at all. Let's keep it rolling. Number three. Key, you're saying if KC plays that way again, they will be in the AFC Championship for the – now, Mahomes has started four years. You're saying four straight AFC Championship games to start his career, basically. That is the key observation. The Kansas City Chiefs, if they play the way they played against the Pittsburgh Steelers, nobody can beat them. I mean, they've got to fix the secondary a little bit, but for the most part on the offensive side of the ball, with Eric Bieniemy dialing things up, they're running sluggo seams. They're faking balls to Kelsey. He's throwing them. All of the sort of things that we are used to seeing from the Kansas City Chiefs. You talk about a Patrick Mahomes scrambling a big throw to Kelsey. That is what you've seen over the last several years. So I think everybody's excited about the Chiefs in a high-scoring flying offense right now. Can anyone beat them, even in the NFC, Key, real quick? If they I play think like so. That. I, think, I think it'll be a good matchup to see Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay Packers against Kansas mm. City. No question about it. Okay, let's keep it rolling. Number four. Key, there's a certain coach in Vegas you believe should return in 2022. I think Rich Basaccia deserves an opportunity to remain as the head coach for the Las Vegas Raiders because he's done a tremendous job. You think about when he took this football team over under the mess that they were in. They had the Henry Ruggs situation, the John Gruden situation, and he's just been able to navigate them into the playoffs, a 10-7 and final season a win against the, Los, uh, against the Los Angeles Chargers, and then they go off to Cincinnati and play a game where – 
They could have very well won this game in the end, but it didn't happen. I think he deserves an opportunity to come back. Next. Number five. And, Key, you're saying it's basically Mac and please. Please. Is he good enough to win playoff games right now? I, I think he will become good enough to win for the New England Patriots. I don't think he's ready to do it right today. If you look at this football team, whenever they d- decided that they were going to push the ball down the field to Mac Jones, hey, it was always a problem. They got behind, and I think that that was the recipe for the Buffalo Bills. Let's get up on them. Let's put the football in Mac Jones's hand, and let's see if he can do it. I know we gave him all the praise in the world by getting this team into the playoffs, which is right, which is deserved, rightfully so. But at the same time, he is not ready to be the quarterback battling in a game from behind, and we've seen that way too often toward the end of the year. Yeah, he's a I rookie. I think his future is bright, but he's only a rookie. He's a rookie. And just like Jalen Hurts, let's see him prove it over time. Let's see him continue to get better. So far, so good. Jay, what did Key miss? I never thought I would say it, considering what we were talking about this offseason, guys, with Zach Taylor potentially being fired and what the hell was going on in Cincinnati. But, yo, Cincinnati has a legit shot to get to the Super Bowl. Like, they've been saying. Legit, legit shot. Like, uh, so Joe Burrow scored on six to eight, eight drives, right? But also, like, they scored 26 points, Max, and it didn't feel like they played a great game offensively. Granted, they have some defensive line issues with some injuries. I would like for them to see utilize Joe Mixon more. He has a little injury as well. But, man, them going against the Titans, they've already beaten the Chiefs. Like, we should start talking about that as being something legitimately possible, that the Bengals could be going to the damn Super Bowl. Where the hell did that come from? Well, I thought I always thought that they had a shot this year. I thought their defense was sneaky good at times, even though the stats didn't show it. And Joe Burrow, you know, you know something interesting about Joe Burrow? We all give him credit for being Joe Cool and all that stuff, right? And he has you know moxie under pressure. He's also talented. He's six four. He's got a real good arm. It's strong. It's accurate. He can move. Like we kind of skip over the talent, but I got an observation, guys, about a guy who has the opposite problem. He's got all the talent. But we have to see if he really has it under pressure. But, oh, my Lord, did Josh Allen show up. Mm. You know, big, strong kid, can run it, can throw it, he can sling it. They were, they, he was killing the game against the Patriots where, guys, I felt like that's a statement. You gotta, you, you're the Bills. You're like, uh-uh, not the Patriots. This is not going to be a dogfight, and they have a shot to win it. Josh Allen, key, I thought he was very impressive. No, and he was impressive. He answered the bell. Remember going into this game, he had played subpar in freezing temperatures. Mm -hmm. He certainly answered that call. They did a tremendous job running the ball with Singletary. The defense played well. Again, I think when you look at where Buffalo was and what they wanted to do was get out front early, and now you put the ball in Mac Jones' hands, and now let's see if Mac Jones can match Josh Allen point for point and that just wasn't something that they were going to be able to do. If there was a veteran quarterback presence on the New England Patriots side and all of a sudden Buffalo is getting up on them, now that veteran quarterback probably could keep the game close. But with Mac Jones, it just wasn't going to happen so, this year. So Josh Allen was killing it. Mahomes threw five touchdowns in 10 minutes and 30 seconds of game oh. time. We don't even care anymore. It's like, ah, it's Mahomes, of course. Andy Reid, Mahomes, of course they're going to do it, right? Uh Joe Burrow. I mean, there were some perf- quarterback performances 
over the weekend. You can join the show, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The question is this. Which quarterback was most impressive on Super Wild Card Weekend? That's next. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, ESPN2. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Forget the Patriots. I mean, at the end of the day, this is going to be the era of Josh Allen. That's a good team we just played. Guys were dialed in. They will lit it up. Just play calling. If they continue to do that, they're going to the Super Bowl. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, your smart speakers. Download the podcast. We're on ESPN, too. Call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The question, which quarterback was most impressive on Super Wild Card Weekend? I got, by the way, Mahomes, I just, I just read something, guys, just to set this off. This guy, uh, Tucker Boynton, had this on uh Twitter, okay? And he linked to the stats that backed it up. All-time playoff expected points added from a quarterback, right? Now, Tom Brady's played so many games. He's killing the game, 333, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. Aaron Rodgers played a lot, and he's great, 227. Patrick Mahomes has 121 already. He's ahead of Peyton Manning in one-third the playoff games. So the expected points added because of that dude at quarterback – He's ahead of Peyton Manning in one-third the games played. It's insane. And yet, my vote will go to Josh Allen this weekend. Considering the circumstances, who he was playing against, what was on the line, the conditions, what the history had been, and how he looked, my vote will go to Josh Allen this weekend. What about you, Key, and you, Jay, and then we're going to take the calls? I, you know, it could go to Josh Allen. But I probably would give it to Tom Brady just because given the fact that he had limited weapons, you know, he just had limited a limited arsenal, so to speak. I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn was the running back. Wonder who he was named after. Um, <laughs> then then you, you look at Mike Evans was balling. I mean, Gronk was there. But there was no A.B. There was no – no Chris Godwin, no Fournette, no Jones. I mean, it just was a 
a different situation where Josh Allen had all his guys. Jay, what about you? I'll probably go with the team that hasn't won a playoff game in forever, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. Mm. I just it just for everything on the line for that team against the Raiders team that you kind of you use the term Cinderella team, you know, but a team that kind of felt like for all the adversity they had faced, they had constantly pushed through, and you felt like they were going to push through this one as well. Yeah. But Joe Thorough, man, just Joe Thorough, Joe Thorough, no doubt uh, that there are a lot of great candidates to choose from. We're going to try and keep the pace moving on this segment, guys. So make your point, back it up, and let's keep it moving. Shane in South – I'm not talking to Key and Jay, by the way. I'm talking to y'all. Sh- Shane in South Dakota. You're on with Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. Who was the most impressive quarterback over Super Wild Card Weekend? Josh Allen looks like a young John Elway. Been a Bronco fan since 77. Named my son after John Elway. Let me tell you, men, that – throw against his body to the sideline, using his legs, big arm, didn't let the moment overcome him. He looked like John Elway. Unlike John Elway in early years, he actually has a defense that can back him up. I look for the Bills to go to the AFC Championship game and move on to the Super Bowl behind an ultra-talented big number seven. Ooh, I like that, guys. He does. He did look like Elway over the weekend. I think it's a good comparison. Key? Great comparison. Yeah, he looked like John. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess you can say that. I mean, he he certainly uh, did some good things out there. I mean, it's just he's big, he's strong, he can run. He's got a, a, a laser for an arm. I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, I do I think that he can go on the road, whether it's in Tennessee or Kansas City, and win the football game and take them to the Super Bowl. I think he can. It's going to be a fight, but I think he can. Max, the only thing I'll say real quick about about the Bills is that running game started to be added a little bit later, the volume mm-hmm. attempts by Singletary, right, uh, after they already had a lead by the throwing arm of Josh Allen. So can that running game keep them in games when they don't have those leads? Can they establish that a tad bit earlier to give more flexibility for Josh Allen to play out of that play, that play action. And by the way, uh, Reed and Bienemy from Mahomes, Dable, like if you have the right situation, right coaching, and a guy with a lot of talent, Josh Allen has a chance to move up the quarterback boards, I think, on, for a lot of people in these playoffs. <clears throat> All right. Well, it was big. It was big for him to win the way he did against New England because question marks was out there about his performance in the past in cold weather. Plus, could he take the next step? In the playoffs, he did it, which was a good thing. Pat in New York, who, which quarterback most impressed you over the weekend? It's got to be Josh Allen leading a measurably historic performance. Seven drives, seven touchdowns, over 12 yards of passing attempts, 60 crucial rushing down in key situations, over 80% completion percentage, total QBR over 98.5, and that's a record, best in the postseason since 2006. So I, I go with Josh Allen first. He was great. There's no two ways about it. He gets yeah. my vote. He gets a lot of people's votes. Walker in Tampa, who was the most impressive quarterback over the weekend? Oh, I'm going with Patrick Mahomes all day. Ten minutes, five touchdowns, it's too easy. Kansas City just showed y'all who they really are. It's easy. It's going to be over. Super Bowl champions, call it right now. Hey, Key, Jay, something occurs to me. It Does Mahomes a little bit suffer from, like, Okay, when Michael Jordan was in his like the second go round, they started giving MVPs to like Barkley, Malone. They just like, okay, how many MVPs are we going to give this dude? It happened to LeBron too. Can we start spreading this around a little bit? But 
like Mahomes, it's almost like we're looking for other guys because he just does things that, like five touchdowns in 1030, and we're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Is there something to that? Is Mahomes getting overlooked here? No, he only got one MVP. I mean, it's not like he got 10 MVPs. No, so. I mean in our overlooking him talking about who impressed us the most over the weekend. No, I mean, you, look, in the end, you could say his performance was certainly very impressive. No questions about it. But Josh Allen, his stakes. Uh, uh, Tom Brady, his stakes. I anticipated, based on his team at home against an undermanned Pittsburgh Steeler team, that Patrick Mahomes was certainly going to play at a level that was high. I mean, that's just what he's been able to do. Yeah, the only thing you would jump jump off the page, Max, is yeah. if the Eagles would have beaten the Bucks or the Steelers would have beaten the Chiefs, right? Like, we all expected these games, the two highest spreads that there have been in Super Wild Card Weekend. So, I, both teams cover two. So, it, it's, you know, it, that's what we expected from both these guys. So, you're not going to get overshining, like, positivity right now on them. But next weekend, that's set up for it. We had a yeah. stat just now on ESPN, too. Fewest, like, he, here are the most games with 400 passing yards and five TDs, regular season and playoffs combined. And there's Joe Montana and Dan Marino, and I think it was Peyton Manning. There it is. Peyton Manning, three times he did it. Dan Marino, three times. Montana, three times. They all, Montana had 187 career starts, 258 for Marino, 292 for Peyton. And I know part of it is a reflection of the times, but Patrick Mahomes in 72 career starts got four of them already in 72 this dude is out of control what mistake did Dak Prescott make after the game after the game that's next Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80 thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max the podcast check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio